Greetings and welcome to Refined Gem. We are glad that you could join us today. Last week, we began on a series on doors, keys, and gates, and you're trusting God to teach us on the symbolism of these from scriptures. Today, we reflect on the topic, Guard the Hedge. The enemy doesn't budge into our lives anyhow unless he has a legal right to access us, permission if you like, or when we have opened the door for him to come in. We learn that in desiring righteousness which comes from God, God draws near to us and surrounds us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 reads that, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. From this righteousness, God surrounds us with spiritual blessings. For instance, in Psalms chapter 5, verse 21, we read, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. God also surrounds us with protection. That doesn't mean that we can claim to be perfect by our own doing. In fact, our own righteous acts are as a filthy rag as only God makes us righteous. We recently reflected how Job lived his life, always offering sacrifices to God on behalf of his children. This was at the mere thought that they might have sinned against God and cast him while having their parties. Satan acknowledged that there was a hedge around Job that he could not penetrate to attack him. The enemy puts all efforts to accessing our lives, our health, our families, businesses, relationships, you name it. Remember, he's out to kill, to steal, and to destroy every good thing that you and I have. If he doesn't have any access, he'll keep pushing us so that we compromise or break the hedge through sin. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 10 reads in part that whosoever breaketh a hedge, a serpent shall bite him. This is why it's important for us to discern when circumstances, offers, opportunities at times come up so that we can identify whether it is a test from God or a temptation from the enemy. For the righteous, God tests the hearts and minds according to Psalms chapter 7 verse 9, but that God tempts no one according to James chapter 1 verse 13 to 15. And I read, let no one say that when he's tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desire and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Having established that, God tests but Satan tempts us. Satan will pry on our areas of need or desire and present something that appears just right or what you and I need at that particular moment. Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 to 4 actually calls Satan the tempter in the King James Version. We read in verse 2 of chapter 4, And when Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, 
If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. When Jesus had gone without food for such a long time, he was obviously famished. The enemy came to twist the word of God in a way to present to him the need he had. Be careful of what comes your way at your point of need or desire. The enemy will present something, but often it will be twisted, a counterfeit, or a misrepresentation. Perhaps you receive a business deal when you're broke, but in a certain way, you're expected to give a kickback in return for the favor or a job offer when you desperately need one. But you could not help notice at the interview the subtle passes of flirtations by your future boss, enough to tell you that you're getting the job out of his special interest in you and not on what you will be able to offer as a professional. Don't ignore any communication that causes you to be uneasy. Do not give the devil a foothold. Let's imagine this as having a stopper at a door such that the door doesn't close completely, neither is it wide open. It may look small enough to let in fresh air or for whatever reason you haven't closed the door, but it will mean that the enemy has access to you, no matter how small. Perhaps it's a friendship that God has clearly shown you that it's done its time or season. Don't leave a door open if God has shown you that it needs to be shut. Perhaps there are habits that you had before you got into a relationship with Jesus. They seem harmless, but God led you to leave your old ways. Don't leave that door open for that one last harmless phone call. In Genesis chapter 4 verse 6, we see Cain so angry because God had looked on his brother Abel's offering with favor. We see in verse 7, God telling him, If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you don't do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It seeks to devour you, but you must master it. Crouching is more like squatting. Picture someone knocking at your door, and then they crouch. You won't see them. And if they are slight, they may pass underneath your legs. That's what the enemy looks for. An opportunity to sneak in when we leave a door open. Jesus gives us the perfect way to deal with the tempter, which is with the word of God. In all the three tests in the book of Matthew chapter 4 that we just read in part above, Jesus had this to say. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. To the second test, it is written that he shall not tempt the Lord your God. It is written, dash, dash, find the scripture that covers the temptation that the enemy is presenting to you. When we yield or are submitted to God, we will be able to resist the devil and he will certainly flee from us. May God help us to guard the hedge he has put around us. Have a blessed week ahead and welcome back next week.